Introduction to the Complete Works of Tacitus, edited by Thomas Gordon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Father Ziley of Detroit, Michigan. Recorded November 2007. The complete works of Tacitus, to which are prefixed political discourses upon that author. Edited and translated by Thomas Gordon, with introductory essays by Thomas Gordon. Volume 1, The Annals, Book 3, Part 3, Tiberius Pleads with the Senate. The same year the cities of Gaul, stimulated by their excessive debts, began a rebellion. The most vehement incendiaries were Julius Florus and Julius Sacrover, the first amongst those of Treves, the second amongst the Edwins. They were both of distinguished nobility, both descended from ancestors, who had done signal services to the Roman state, and thence acquired of old the right of Roman citizens, a privilege rare in those days, and only the prize of virtue. When by secret meetings they had gained those who were most prompt to rebel, with such as were desperate enough through indigence, or from guilt of past crimes, forced to commit more, they agreed that Florus should begin the insurrection in Belgia, Sacrover among the neighboring Gauls. They therefore had many consultations and cabals, where they spared no topic of sedition, quotes open, their tribute without end, their devouring usury, the pride and cruelty of their governors, the discord that had seized the Roman soldiery since the report of the murder of Germanicus, a glorious conjecture for redeeming their liberty, if they would only consider their own happiness and strength, while Italy was poor and exhausted, the Roman populace weak and unwarlike, the Roman armies destitute of all vigor but that derived from foreigners. Unquote. Scarce one city remained untainted with the seeds of this rebellion, but it first broke out at Angiers and Tours. The former were reduced by Achilles Aviola, a legate, with the assistance of a cohort drawn from the garrison at Lyons. Those of Tours were suppressed by the same Aviola, assisted with a detachment sent from the legions by Vesalius Varro, lieutenant-governor of Lower Germany. Some of the chiefs of the Gauls had likewise joined him with succors, the better to disguise their defection, and to push it with more effect hereafter. Even Sacrover was beheld engaged in fight for the Romans, with his head bare, a demonstration he pretended of his bravery, but the prisoners averred, quotes open, that he did it to be known to his countrymen, and to escape their darts, quotes closed. An account of all this was laid before Tiberius, who slighted it, and by hesitation fostered the war. Florus the while pushed his designs, and tried to persuade a regiment of horse levied at Treves, and kept under our pay and discipline, to begin the war, by putting to the sword the Roman merchants, and some few were corrupted by him, but the body remained in their allegiance. A rabble, however, of his followers and desperate debtors, took arms, and were making to the forest of Arden, when the legions, sent from both armies by Vesalius and Caius Silius, through different routes to intercept them, marred their march. Julius Indus, too, one of the same country with Florus, at enmity with him, and therefore more eager to engage him, 
was dispatched forward with a chosen band, and broke the ill-appointed multitude. Florus, by lurking from place to place, frustrated the search of the conquerors. At last, when he saw all the passes beset with soldiers, he fell by his own hands. This was the issue of the insurrection at Trebes. Amongst the Eduans the revolt was much stronger, as the state was more opulent, and the forces to suppress it were to be brought from afar. Augusta Dunum, the capital of the nation, was seized by Sacrever, and in it all the noble youth of Gaul, who were there instructed in the liberal arts. By securing these pledges, he aimed to bind in his interest their parents and relations, and at the same time distributed to the young men the arms which he had caused to be secretly made. He had forty thousand men, the fifth part armed like our legions, the rest with poles, hangers, and other weapons used by hunters. To the number were added such of the slaves as had been appointed to be gladiators, covered after the fashion of the country with a continued armor of iron, and styled crupellarii, a sort of militia, unwieldy at exercising their own weapons, and impenetrable by those of others. These forces were still increased by volunteers from the neighboring cities, where, though the public body did not hitherto avow the revolt, yet the zeal of particulars was manifest. They had likewise leisure to increase from the contention of the two Roman generals, a contention for some time undecided, while each demanded the command in that war. At length Varro, old and infirm, yielded to the superior vigor of Silius. Now at Rome, quotes open, not only the insurrection of Treves and that of the Eduans, but likewise that threescore and four cities of Gaul had revolted, that the Germans had joined in the revolt, and that Spain fluctuated, quotes closed, were reports, all believed with the usual aggravations of fame. The best men grieved in sympathy for their country, many from hatred of the present government, and thirst of change, rejoiced in their own perils. They invade against Tiberius, quotes open, that in such a mighty uproar of rebellion he was only employed in perusing the informations of the state accusers, quotes closed. They asked, quotes open, did he mean to surrender Julius Sacrever to the Senate to try him for treason, quotes closed. They exulted, quotes open, that there were at last found men who would, with arms, restrain his bloody letters to the Senate, continually demanding condemnations and executions, quotes closed, and declared, quotes open, that even war was a happy change for a most wretched and calamitous peace, quotes closed. So much the more for this, Tiberius affected to appear wrapped up in security and unconcern. He neither changed place nor countenance, but behaved himself at that time as at other times, whether from elevation of mind, or whether he had learnt that the state of things was not alarming and only heightened by vulgar representation. Silius, while sending forward a band of auxiliaries, marched with two legions and ravaged the villages of the Sequanians, next neighbors to the Eduans, and their associates in arms. He then advanced towards Augusta Dunum, a hasty march, the standard-bearers mutually vying in expedition, and the common men breathing ardor and eagerness, quotes open, that no time might be wasted even in the usual refreshments, none of their nights in sleep, 
let them only see and confront the foe. They wanted no more to be victorious. Quotes closed. Twelve miles from Augusta Dunham, Sacriver appeared with his forces upon the plains. In the front he had placed the iron troop, his cohorts in the wings, the half-armed in the rear, he himself upon a fine horse, attended by the other chiefs, addressing himself to them from rank to rank, reminded them, quotes open, of the glorious achievements of the ancient Gauls, of the victorious mischiefs they had brought upon the Romans, of the liberty and renown attending victory, of their redoubled and intolerable servitude, if once more vanquished. Quotes closed. A short speech and disheartened audience. 4. The embattled legions approached, and the crowd of townsmen, ill-appointed and novices in war, stood astonished, bereft of the present use of eyes and hearing. On the other side, Silius, though he presumed the victory, and thence might have spared exhortations, yet called to his men, quotes open, that they might be with reason ashamed, that they, the conquerors of Germany, should be thus led against a rabble of Gauls as against an equal enemy. One cohort had newly defeated the rebels of Tours, one regiment of horse, those of Treves. A handful of this very army had routed the Sequanians, the present Eduans, the more they abound in wealth, the more they wallow in voluptuousness, are so much the more soft and unwarlike. This is what you are now to prove, and your task to prevent their escape. Quotes closed. His words were returned with a mighty cry. Instantly the horse surrounded the foe, the foot attacked their front, and the wings were presently routed. The iron band gave some short obstruction as the bars of their coats withstood the strokes of sword and pike. But the soldiers had recourse to their hatchets and pickaxes, and, as if they had battered a wall, hewed their bodies in armor. Others with clubs and some with forks beat down the helpless lumps, who, as they lay stretched along, without one struggle to rise, were left for dead. Sacriver fled first to Augusta Dunum, thence fearful of being surrendered to a neighboring town, accompanied by his most faithful adherents. There he slew himself, and the rest one another, having first set the town on fire, by which they were all consumed. Now at last Tiberius wrote to the Senate about this war, and at once acquainted them with its rise and conclusion, neither aggravating facts nor lessening them, but added, quotes open, that it was conducted by the fidelity and bravery of his lieutenants, guided by his counsels, unquote. Quotes closed. He likewise assigned the reasons why neither he nor Drusus went to that war, quotes open, that the empire was an immense body, and it became not the dignity of a prince upon the revolt of one or two communities to desert the capital whence motion was derived to the whole. But now, since he could not be thought conducted by any dread of those nations, he would take a progress to visit and settle them, quotes closed. The Senate decreed vows and supplications for his return with other customary honors. Only Cornelius Dolabella, while he strove to outdo others, fell into ridiculous sycophancy by proposing, quotes open, that returning from Campania 
he should enter Rome through the triumph of ovation, quotes closed. This occasioned a letter from Tiberius, in which he declared, quotes open, that he was not so destitute of glory, that after having in his youth subdued the fiercest nations, and enjoyed or slighted so many triumphs, he should now in his old age seek empty honors from a short progress about the suburbs of Rome. Quotes closed. About the same time he desired of the Senate that, quotes open, the corps of Sulpitius Quirinus might be distinguished with a public funeral. Quotes closed. Quirinus was born at Lanuvium, a municipal town, and nowise related to the ancient patrician family of the Sulpitii, but, being a brave soldier, was for his vigorous military services to Augustus rewarded with the consulship, and soon after with a triumph for driving the Hominades out of their strongholds in Cilicia. Next, when the young Caius Caesar was sent to settle the affairs of Armenia, Quirinus was appointed his governor, and at the same time paid all court to Tiberius, then in his retirement at Rhodes. This the emperor represented now to the senate, extolled the kind offices of Quirinus, and branded Marcus Lolius as the author of the perverse behavior of Caius Caesar to himself, and of all the jarring between them. In other instances, the memory of Quirinus was not acceptable to the Senate, for his deadly persecution against Lepida, above recited, and for his prevailing power and avarice in his old age. At the end of the year, Caius Lutorius Priscus, a Roman knight, who had composed a celebrated poem bewailing the death of Germanicus, and received a reward from Tiberius, was attacked by an informer. His charge was, quotes open, that during an illness of Drusus he had composed another, which, if the distemper proved mortal, he hoped to publish with a reward still greater. Quotes closed. This poem, Lutorius had, in the fullness of vanity and ostentation, rehearsed at the house of Publius Petronius, in the presence of Vitellia, mother-in-law to Petronius, and of other ladies of quality, who were all summoned by the impleader, and all except Vitellia were terrified into a confession. She alone persisted that she had heard nothing. But the evidence tending to destroy him had most credit, and it was the sentence of Heterius Agrippa, consul-elect, that death should be his punishment. This was opposed by M. Lepidus, who spoke on this wise, quotes open, Conscript fathers, if we only regard with what abominable effusions Lutorius Priscus has defiled his own soul and the ears of men, neither dungeon nor rope nor indeed the punishments peculiar to slaves are sufficient for him. But though wickedness and enormities abound without measure, yet since in coercions and penalties we must observe the limits set by the moderation of the prince, set by precedents made by our ancestors and yourselves, and since we must distinguish the vanity of the head from the malignity of the heart, and words from evil doings, there is room left for a middle judgment, by which neither his offense need escape unpunished, nor we repent of our tenderness or severity. I have often heard our prince complain, when any criminal had, by a desperate death, prevented his mercy. 
the life of Lutorius is still untouched, to save it will no wise endanger the state, nor will the taking it away have any influence upon others. His studies, as they are full of wildness, are likewise empty and perishing. Neither is aught important or terrible to be apprehended from one who thus betrays his own follies, and makes his court not to the minds of men, but to the imaginations of women. Let him, however, be expelled Rome, interdicted from fire and water, and his estate be forfeited, which judgment of mine is the same as if he were charged with high treason. Closed. Of all the consulars, only Rubelius Blandus assented to this opinion of Lepidus. The rest voted with Agrippa. Priscus was led to the dungeon, and instantly put to death. Tiberius, in a letter to the Senate, discanted upon the proceeding with his usual doubles and ambiguities, magnified, quotes open, their tenderness and zeal in avenging thus with severity even such slight injuries done to the prince, quotes closed, entreated them, quotes open, not to be sudden in punishing for words, quotes closed, he praised Lepidus and censured not Agrippa. Hence an order was made, quotes open, that the decrees of Senate should not in less than ten days be carried to the exchequer, and to the condemned so much time should be granted. Quotes closed. But to the Senate remained no liberty of revisal or annulling, nor was Tiberius ever softened by time. Caius Sulpitius and Decimus Heterius were the following consuls. Their year was exempt from disturbances abroad, but at home some severe blow was apprehended against luxury, which prevailed monstrously in all things that create a profusion of money. But as the more pernicious articles of expense were covered by concealing their prices, therefore from the excesses of the table, which were become the common subject of daily animadversion, apprehensions were raised of some rigid correction from a prince who observed himself the ancient parsimony. For Caius Bibulus, having begun the complaint, the other aediles took it up, and argued, quotes open, that the sumptuary laws were despised, the pomp and expense of plate and entertainments, in spite of restraints, increased daily, and by moderate penalties were not to be stopped, quotes closed. This grievance thus represented to the Senate was them referred entire to the emperor. Tiberius, having long weighed with himself whether such an abandoned propensity to prodigality could be stemmed, whether the stemming it would not bring heavier evils upon the public, how dishonorable it would be to attempt what could not be effected, or at least effected by the disgrace of the nobility, and by the subjecting illustrious men to infamous punishments, wrote at last to the Senate in this manner. Quotes open. In other matters, conscript fathers, perhaps it might be more expedient for you to consult me in the Senate, and for me to declare there what I judge for the public weal. But in the debate of this affair it was best that my eyes were withdrawn, lest, while you mark countenances and terror of particulars charged with scandalous luxury, I too should have observed them, and, as it were, caught them in it. Had the vigilant aediles first asked counsel of me, 
I know not whether I should not have advised them rather to have passed by potent and inveterate corruptions than only make it manifest what enormities are an overmatch for us. But they, in truth, have done their duty, as I would have all other magistrates fulfill theirs. But for myself it is neither commendable to be silent, nor does it belong to my station to speak out, since I neither bear the character of an aedile, nor of a praetor, nor of a council. Something still greater and higher is required of a prince. Every one is ready to assume to himself the credit of whatever is well done, while upon the prince alone are thrown the miscarriages of all. But what is it that I am first to prohibit? What excess retrench to the ancient standard? Am I to begin with that of our country seats, spacious without bounds, and with the number of domestics, a number distributed into nations in private families, or with the quantity of plate, silver, and gold, or with pictures, and the works and statues of brass, the wonders of art, or with the gorgeous vestments promiscuously worn by men and women, or with what is peculiar to the women, those precious stones for the purchase of which our coin is carried into foreign and hostile nations. I am not ignorant that at entertainments and in conversations these excesses are censured and a regulation is required. Yet if an equal law were made, if equal penalties were prescribed, these very censures would loudly complain that the state was utterly overturned, that snares and destruction were prepared for every illustrious house, that no man could be guiltless, and all men would be the prey of informers, and yet bodily diseases grow inveterate and strengthened by time, cannot be checked but by medicines rigid and violent. It is the same with the soul, the sick and raging soul, itself corrupted and scattering its corruption, is not to be qualified by remedies equally strong with its own flaming lusts. So many laws made by our ancestors, so many added by the deified Augustus, the former being lost in oblivion, and, which is more heinous, the latter in contempt, have only served to render luxury more secure. When we covet a thing yet unforbidden, we are apt to fear that it may be forbidden, but when once we can with impunity and defiance overleap prohibited bounds, there remain afterwards nor fear nor shame. How therefore did parsimony prevail of old? It was because every one was a law to himself. It was because we were then only masters of one city, nor afterwards, while our dominion was confined only to Italy, had we found the same instigations to voluptuousness. By foreign conquests we learned to waste the property of others, and in the civil war to consume our own. What a mighty matter is it that the aediles remonstrate! How little to be weighed in the balance with others! It is wonderful that nobody represents that Italy is in constant want of foreign supplies, that the lives of the Roman people are daily at the mercy of uncertain seas and of tempests, were it not for our opponents from the provinces, supports, by which the masters and their slaves and their estates are maintained, would our own groves and villas maintain us? This care, therefore, conscript fathers, is the business of the prince, and by the neglect of this care the foundations of the state would be dissolved. The cure of other defects depends upon our own private spirits,
some of us shame will reclaim necessity will mend the poor satiety the rich or if any of the magistrates from a confidence of his own firmness and perseverance will undertake to stem the progress of so great an evil he has both my praises and my acknowledgment that he discharges me of part of my fatigues but if such will only impede corruptions and when they have gained the glory would leave upon me the indignation indignation of their own raising believe me conscript fathers i am not fond of bearing resentments i already suffer many for the commonwealth many that are grievous and almost all unjust and therefore with reason i intent that i may not be loaded with such as are wantonly and vainly raised and promise no advantage to you nor to me Quotes closed the senate upon reading the emperor's letter released the aediles from this pursuit and the luxury of the table which from the battle of actium till the revolution made by galba flowed for the space of an hundred years in all profusion at last gradually declined the causes of this change are worth knowing formerly the great families signal for nobility or for riches were carried away with a passion for magnificence for in those days it was allowed to court the good graces of the roman people with the favor of kings and confederate nations and to be courted by them so that each was distinguished by the luster of popularity and dependences in proportion to his affluence the splendor of his house and the figure which he made but after imperial fury had for some time raged in the slaughter of the grandees and great reputation brought sure destruction the rest grew wiser besides new men frequently chosen senators from the municipal towns from the colonies and even from the provinces brought with them their own domestic parsimony and though by fortune or industry many of them grew wealthy as they grew old yet their former frugal spirit continued but above all vespasian proved the promoter of moderation and frugality being himself the pattern of ancient economy in his person and table hence the compliance of the public with the manners of the prince and an emulation to practice them an incitement more prevalent than the terrors of laws and all their penalties or perhaps all human things go a certain round as there are revolutions of time there are also vicissitudes in manners no indeed have our ancestors excelled us in all these things our own age has produced many excellencies worthy of praise and the imitation of posterity let us still preserve this strife in virtue with our forefathers tiberius having gained the fame of moderation because by rejecting the profit for reforming luxury he had disarmed the growing hopes of the accusers wrote to the senate to desire the tribunal power for drusus Augustus had devised this title as best suiting the supreme power, while avoiding the odious name of king or dictator, yet he wanted some particular appellation under it to control all powers in the state. He afterwards assumed Marcus Agrippa into fellowship in it, and upon his death Tiberius, that none might doubt who was to be his successor. By this means he conceived he should defeat the aspiring views of others. Besides, he confided in the moderation of Tiberius, and in the mightiness of his own authority. 
By his example, Tiberius now advanced Drusus into a participation of the supreme majesty, whereas, while Germanicus yet lived, he acted without distinction towards both. In the beginning of his letter, he besought the Greeks, quotes open, that by his counsels the republic might prosper, quotes closed, then added a modest testimony concerning the qualities and behavior of the young prince, without aggravation or false embellishments, quotes open, that he had a wife and three children, and was of the same age with himself, when called by the deified Augustus to that office, that Drusus was not now by him adopted a partner in the toils of government, precipitately, but after eight years' experience made of his qualifications, after sedition suppressed, wars concluded, the honor of triumph and two consulships. Quotes closed. The senators had foreseen this address. Hence they received it with the more elaborate adulation. However, they could devise nothing to decree, but, quotes open, statutes to the two princes, altars to the two gods, triumphal arches, quotes closed, and other usual honors, only that Marcus Silanus strove to honor the princes by the disgrace of the consulship. He proposed, quotes open, that all records, public and private, should for their date be inscribed no more with the names of the consuls, but of those who exercise the tribunal power. Quotes closed. But Haterius Agrippa, by moving to have, quotes open, the decrees of that day engraved in letters of gold and hung up in the Senate, quotes closed, became an object of derision, for that, as he was an ancient man, he could reap from his most abominable flattery no other fruit but that of infamy. End of section 27 of Tacitus, The Annals, Book 3, Part 3